powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. everyone and welcome to another edition of better than before some people call me the space cowboy and some call me the gangster of love but most people call me tony richards and this is the ceo leaders podcast show along with super producer william hello and we have one clear objective to provide tools information and entertainment to make you better than before in business and in life, you can subscribe to our show on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, C-Suite Radio Network, TuneIn Radio, and many, many, many others. We have a new episode that comes out every single Tuesday. And uh, before we went on the air today, Super Producer William was telling me he had a girl that he dated in high school that loved the band America. That is correct. Well, you can't fault anybody for loving America. That's for sure. <laughs> I love America. The band? The country. Okay. But yes, uh, coming back from lunch today, we heard a horse with no name. That's what started all the conversation. Right. I think that dude was on heavy, heavy drugs when he wrote A Horse With No Name. <laughs> we haven't done a Poets of Our Generation segment in a while. So coming up on a future show, we need to do The Horse With No Name. It felt good to get out of the rain. In the desert, you can't remember your name, for there ain't no one for to give you no pain. And then you just go with a bunch of la-la-las. <laughs> if you need a business advisor or coach, you're probably turning off the show now. But if you hang in with us, we're going to demonstrate some value on today's program. And I'd love to work with you. And uh, my email address is Tony at clearvisiondevelopment.com. And uh, like to talk to you about coaching you, advising you on your executive team and business, and coaching you on your business too. Uh, do that for uh, several companies, and I would love to uh, talk to you about the opportunity that you may have. On the show today, I have a mind shift for you coming up here in just mere minutes. Uh, we also have a, a couple of surveys that have come out. And uh, we're going to talk about CEO admiration among peers. Fortune 500 uh, has done a, a CEO poll, and uh, we've just got a flood of answers on that. And then the consulting firm Accenture has done a poll uh, last week with several in-depth interviews, over 200 top executives. This is uh, using left and right brain skills every day. So we'll get to that. And here's my uh, piece of advice for you as we kick off the show uh, this week. What I would like to see you do, if I were coaching you, here's something I'd bring up in our uh, weekly or biweekly coaching session meeting. I would advise you to seek to be respected and not just liked. So many times we really have a propensity 
for wanting to please people because we want them to like us. And while there are people who you want to like and have them like you or maybe even love you, in most cases, you're really better off seeking to gain respect and impress people in a positive way. When you're trying to be liked, sometimes that creates a subordinate position for you on providing value to other people, be it feedback or acquiescence or being taken advantage of or favors. So the mind shift that I'd like for you to work on changing this week is, and this is especially true in business, you need the client, the customer, the boss, uh, the subordinate person, or even the peer to respect you and the value you bring not always become just your friend. Friendships in business can be messy, Bill. Mm. It can be. I can imagine. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it a few times. Yes, absolutely. It really can become toxic, and people can forget the whole reason why they're at work uh, because the friendship dominates uh, the thought process. So seek respect first and being liked second. That's the mind shift I would uh, advise you to cultivate this week. All right, coming up, Fortune 500 CEOs. What Fortune 500 CEO is the most admired by his or her peers? I've got the answer coming up for you in just a second. We're brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. We fit a lot of life into our Subaru Forester. Over the years, we trusted it to carry and protect the things that were most important to us. We always knew we had a lot of life ahead of us. That's why we chose a car we knew would be there for us through it all. Welcome to the all-new 2019 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Test drive one today at University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, your host, and we're going to get into what Fortune 500 CEO is most admired by his or her peers. That's just one of the questions that was asked on a CEO poll and just a plethora and a flood of answers. And here in Missouri, we know all about floods lately. So just a flood of data came in on this poll. But two names really stood out, and as usual, uh, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon was the choice of 24% of the 
of the CEOs responding. Wow. He is always very, very popular um, and, and highly successful. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella was the choice of 17% of those responding. So uh, behind Jamie by about 7%. No one else even came close, although Amazon's Jeff Bezos and Walmart's Doug McMillan, the guys on CNBC call him Doug McMillian, (laughs) Doug McMillan and Bezos both got 7% of the vote. Other CEOs with more than one mention, Disney's Bob Iger, Agco's Martin Richenhagen, and Marriott's Arnie Sorensen. The one female CEO to get a mention was Occidental Energy Vicki Holub, who pulled off a deal this year by getting uh, Warren Buffett involved, and they beat out Chevron. They were battling over the purchase of Anadarko Petroleum. So uh, Vicky won out there. And here's a bonus question that was asked. If CEOs have the time to watch TV, what's the one show they watch? Wow, that's a good question. I have no idea. So a lot of sports and business answers came in as, as a response to the question. But when it comes to entertainment, CEOs apparently watch the same thing as a lot of Americans and global TV watchers. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Wow. 17% of the CEOs named the show as their one TV guilty pleasure. Lessons in leadership, I guess, <laughs> on Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. That's the uh, that's the results on the Fortune 500 CEO list. So if you have time to watch TV, Bill, what show do you watch? Oh, wow. Um Usually sporting events. Uh, that I'll take time to watch those. Do you think uh, Jeopardy's uh, audience has dropped off since uh, the guy finally got beat? Uh, I didn't. I have not heard about this. Oh, you haven't? Oh, the guy no. was up over two million dollars. Really? Yeah, he'd been on there for I forget how many weeks in a row, mm-hmm. but he just kept going, kept going. He was a, as Wiley Coyote would say, he was a super genius. So <laughs> just about the time I set my DVR, I thought I got to see this guy. The night I set my DVR, he lost. Wow, he was over two million. They they were saying that if he continued on that streak until the end of the year, he'd be up like twenty million dollars or something. One friend of mine who watches it said that. Uh, he was off that day. He was just not himself. So yeah, maybe he was tired of it. You know, we get to two million. It's like not too bad to cash in, I guess, and right and be finished. Yeah. So how about you? What do you watch? Um, my guilty pleasure is Billions, mm. which the season finale was just this past Sunday. So I have to wait another nine months for it to get back on on television again, but. Billions, uh, which is a Showtime product. So I have to find another one. We watch, uh, what's the uh, new Western-type show with Kevin Costner, uh, Yellowstone? I haven't seen it. Yeah, that's a Paramount Channel uh, production. So Is it pretty good? Yeah, I mean, I like it. It's only been out one season, but, I mean, I like it pretty well. His, his daughter is 
pretty much a hot potato. I mean, she she's in a, a a lawyer and a corporate takeover artist. So mm. yeah, she's tough as nails. Kind of kind of like her. It's almost time for Yellowstone to come back. So so that might be good timing. Well, these shows run now 10 or 11, 12 episodes now. You know, back in the old days of TV when we were growing up, the seasons went 25 and 30 episodes, right? Now they go about somewhere between 10 and 12. And then the networks have it all timed out, whereas one show ends, they'll have another new one starting, right? Showtime also has, and and I'm sure it's going to hack me off when I watch it, but They've got a uh, show about Fox News uh, and Roger Ailes, the guy who in- invented Fox News. Mm-hmm. They got a program, fictional drama-based program about that coming out. So I'm going to watch the first episode or two and see if I, it's got any legitimacy to it. You know, But anyway, I like watching uh, television that is depicted about real life. I went to see Rocket Man. Have you seen Rocket Man? About, no, about I Elton John. No, I haven't seen it. Well, it starts when he's a little boy, but it doesn't show a lot of him as a little boy. It really kicks in from his 1970 debut at the Troubadour Bar in L.A. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know that, but it doesn't say this in the movie, and it doesn't allude to it. But when Elton John played his first concert in America at the Troubadour. Don Henley, Glenn Fry, J.D. Souther, Jackson Brown were all in the audience. And they were nobodies, right? They were just musicians playing around L.A. Mm-hmm. and backing up Linda Ronstadt in her band. Seeing a reenactment of Doug Weston's Troubadour Bar was kind of cool in the movie. The movie is um, kind of like a musical. Uh, it's almost like you went to a musical and saw a play. That's how the they did the movie. So a lot of Elton's music's in it, of course. But there's a lot of uh, dance routines, and it shows a, a great deal about his partnership. You know, Elton wrote all the music to his songs, but Bernie Taupin wrote all the words. And so they, there's a you know they show him and Bernie meeting for the first time, and there's a lot about their relationship in the movie that's kind of cool. But I like those. Movies about real life people, you know, uh, or period pieces like Mad Men, you know, where it's the 40s or the 50s or the 60s and they show how people lived. And mm-hmm. I like those. So, yeah. So I would recommend Rocket Man. Uh, I think now that Bohemian Rhapsody was so big, now we're going to get a deluge of all these movies about rock music and and that kind of stuff. But. Uh, we haven't hit the doldrums or the bad parts of those yet because Rocket Man was really, really good. I'm always fascinated how they find these actors that look so much like, you know, Elton John is not a norm. I mean, they, you wouldn't just see 50 well Elton John looking people walking down the street, you know. But the guy that plays him, I mean, it's phenomenal. And he actually sings the songs in the movie. Yeah, so to find somebody that looks like Elton and sings like Elton, I think is a a big feat, but I would recommend Rocket Man. So uh, we got our um, another CEO poll coming up. This one's by the uh, consulting firm Accenture, and uh, they did a CEO study, and we're going to talk about the results of that coming up next on Better Than Before. We fit a lot of life into our Subaru Forester. 
Over the years, we trusted it to carry and protect the things that were most important to us. We always knew we had a lot of life ahead of us. That's why we chose a car we knew would be there for us through it all. Welcome to the all-new 2019 Subaru Forester, the SUV for all you love. Test drive one today at University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here, been here, always will be here. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. Tony Richards here. And there's an Accenture study that came out last week, in-depth interviews with over 200 top executives, and uh, a lot of brain science in this particular study. And you know, here at Clear Vision Development Group, we do a lot of brain research. We read a lot of neuroscience. Uh, we use neuroscience to help our clients both in coaching and in uh, people development and in brand development and advertising. In this study, there was a very surprising conclusion that came out. 89% of C-suite executives were educated in business, finance, science, or technology, and they have well-honed left-brain analytical skills but a majority, 65%, admit weakness in right-brain skills, which uh, would be creativity, empathy, intuition, openness to external environments, successfully managing change. And we know that this is true because creativity and empathy both, they are part of 25 skills that we are constantly measuring in executives and performers, and they're always at the bottom. Creativity's at the bottom, empathy's at the bottom, uh, almost always, sometimes even a 0.0, .0 on a scale of one to 10. This uh, study just sort of validates that as well. So we know that when executives have to successfully pivot or they have to make a transition of some kind, especially in change management, that requires a whole brain approach, both left and right brain thinking, which requires reshaping and retraining a lot of executives. And that's where we come in. We get hired a lot of times to come in during times of uh, heavy change to help the organization get through it. And those change initiatives typically take somewhere between five and seven years. I used to say three to five, but now I've decided it's five to seven because you don't want to throw the organization into trauma and chaos by trying to move too fast. The business landscape is littered with examples of executives try to do that. This research validates a lot of what we've been saying for a long time that you can't just go into a change initiative 
and you can't just manage day to day from the left side of the brain. You also need the right side. So you can't just have hard skills like finance or science or technology. You also have to have soft skills like empathy, intuition, and uh, trust building skills and, and things of that nature. Here are some percentages. And so for the whole brain skills, they measured about 15 different skill sets in this study. Everything from making tough decisions that turn out to be effective to creative thinking to uh, creating an inclusive team environment to empathy and self-awareness, the ability to lead others, data analysis and interpretation, critical thinking. Uh, we measure that quite a bit in uh, individuals in here at Clear Vision. Uh, having a clear vision and strategy for your team is another thing that they measured people on. So respondents were asked 15 questions. So these, those are the 15 skill sets to measure whether they use a whole brain approach in running their company. Based on their responses, they were given an indexed score. Respondents were separately asked to report their three-year revenue and um, EBITDA growth, right? Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, uh, and amortization. And the data shows the self-reported growth rates for those that score in the top quartile of the whole brain index versus the rest in the survey. And the numbers bear out that only 8% use a whole brain approach in their management style today. Only 8%. Now, for those who intend to use a whole brain approach in the next three years is 82%. So eight, a little more than eight out of 10 executives intend to switch to more of a whole brain left and right approach, which that's good news for us because that's one of the things we help executives do, right? Develop a holistic approach to helping them develop their whole brain and the whole brains of their people as well. Uh, 22% average a plus 22% of revenue growth and a plus 34 average profit growth in their company. And so their intention is that 82% of those people intend to use more of a whole brain approach in the next three years. According to the research, only 8% of C-suite members report bringing a whole brain approach to bear today. The survey says it's very much worth the growing pain and the effort. The C-suite leaders we spoke with who report using a whole brain approach to leadership today are already seeing a positive bottom line impact. When comparing the financials of companies that use a balanced whole brain approach today to those who do not, we saw a correlation with stronger financials on average over a three-year period. 55% are going to reskill their people who work in the C-suite and 46% are going to just bring in new talent from outside. So a little more than half of the people in the survey are going to try to develop their existing people, but a little more than four out of 10, four and a half out of 10 are going to look for different people having a whole brain approach as opposed to just a left 
or just a right could be detrimental, right? So you got to get on those skills right away before somebody decides maybe you need to be replaced. I mean, almost half, that's, that's a lot. The C-suite recognizes that changes need to be made within their ranks. Nine in 10 are beginning to take steps today to address skill gaps and are using organic and inorganic ways to tackle the problem. 55% are reskilling members of their C-suite and nearly half are bringing in talent from outside. So uh, pretty interesting uh, research. We're going to uh, have this as a download. Uh, so if you listen to today's podcast, uh, Whitney always posts this on the webpage where our podcast is, uh, our various resources that you can use or the ones that I mentioned. And so we'll have this in PDF form uh, if you'd like to download it on our website. So that's our show today. So some interesting CEO data that we covered today, the Fortune 500 survey. Uh, which shows that Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan is the well-admired CEO. And then uh, almost half of companies out there today are going to try to develop their C-suite and half of them are going to bring in new members to the C-suite to get a more whole-brain approach to what's going on. We're brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Be sure and stop off here. Give us a five-star rating if you enjoyed our show. It helps us get discovered by more and more people in the podcast world so we can show up on more rankings and more people will listen in and get more of the great value that we're trying to provide to people. Uh, so give us a five-star rating. It'd be nice of you and, and we really would appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and you can follow our company at Clear Vision DEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you to tune in next week, every Tuesday, to Better Than Before. Get the subscriber button pushed so you don't miss an episode. And please remember, everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.